Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. Welcome back to the Hail State Shockwave, your favorite Bulldog sports-related podcast, I'm sure. Right, guys? I mean, yeah, you all love I hope so. <laughs> Definitely my favorite. I'm not even sure if it's my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I'm, I'm y'all's ho- one of y'all's co-hosts, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And like I said, welcome back. We're glad to have you with us today. Lots to talk about, as there always is this type of year, or this kind of, uh, yeah, I can't talk today. This time of year, of course, we've got at least three sports going on, and we will have at least three sports going on for most of the school term time until about March. So just remember to take a timeline here. Base, uh, football, if we make a bowl game, will be going on until January. And then you'll have a break to where it's all basketball. But then second week of February, baseball's back. Yeah. And then until the month of March, we expect the women to make a deep run in the tournament, of course, and maybe the men too. So the month of March, you'll still be having baseball and football going oh, Excuse me, baseball and basketball going on. And then it'll get, it'll get just down to baseball. But, of course, when it, once it gets just down to baseball, spring football is going on. Recruiting is a big deal during that time of year. So we'll still be talking about all that. It, the long story short is it never stops. Yeah. Especially when baseball keeps making these deep runs into the postseason because then you've got about a month-long break before fall camp for football hits. And even then, recruiting's a huge deal during the summer too. Uh, the month of June, it kind of kind of dips. You're going to the camps and stuff, but you're not having like visits and all that. And then July, no, excuse me, June is when the, you have the visits, and then July there's a dead period. So that's what all that's about your only break. And of course, that was when we had our longest shows in the month of July. <laughs> we, we, me and Gavin, got on here once a week and talked in July and talked about baseball for an hour. Yeah, hour at at the least an hour. At least I think we had one show that was in like an hour twenty. Yeah. We're trying not to do that again, but we're going to – and we're doing pretty good. But moving on to what we have to talk about for today, though, um, football, a 32-point loss this weekend at – excuse me, 31 – was it 38-7? 31-point loss. Yep. I don't know where I got 32 from. Um, against Alabama and the Crimson Tide, Sands to attack Abailoa for – <clears throat> the second half and the final drive of the first half. We, uh, I, I don't think it was just dreadful. Was not an inter- entertaining game. Was it fun to watch? Even if you're an Alabama fan, I felt like it was just kind of boring. Yeah. I watched the whole thing from Davis Wade Stadium. I was one of the few games I was pretty tempted to leave early just because it just wasn't. That second half was just boring. Yeah. I, I can't I, tell you. I quit watching. In the third quarter, and it wasn't just. And I've got. I'm watching, of course, just to get notes and stuff. And here's what I've got. Uh, we did pretty all right, I think, containing the running game. They kind of, they their backup, their second tailback, kind of got loose a little bit in the second half. I think we contained Najee Harris as a runner. He hurt us pretty bad as a pass catcher. Um, you, you know, Alabama gets the two quick scores, and then. It was. It pretty much felt like it was over. At that it didn't feel like it was over. I, I tell you what, I tell you when it felt like when I felt like it was over. About the fourth time, Tua converted a third and long like it was nothing. I was like, there, yeah. there's nothing we can do. That 
it was almost like Alabama was going to keep running on first and second down just to just to get the practice because it didn't matter how long third down was. Tua was going to convert it, and yeah. uh, those wide receivers are going to make a play. And it, and it happened every single play. Uh, didn't matter how long third down was for those guys. And we knew coming in it was going to be a tall task for our banged-up secondary, which is now even more banged up, to handle those receivers. And it was. We did our best. We we tried to scheme up some things. Got after two a little bit. Of course, we uh and we'll talk about his injury a little bit later. Um, got a couple sacks early in the game that I was impressed with. And like I said, we didn't just let them run all over us at first, which I was also impressed with. Only held them. Now Matt Jones is a very capable quarterback, even but he is a backup. But we did hold the backup squad with their foot off the gas a little bit, perhaps, especially with Tua's injury. We held them to three points in the uh, second half, which is promising of course they probably wouldn't have had as quite as many points as they had if not for that turnover on our first play of the game (laughs) one thing i will report though that's very 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 encouraging we won our first coin toss of the game of the season yep we won a coin toss that was impressive i wonder who called it you think tommy called it i hope they they had to have mixed up who has been calling it yeah because tommy's been calling a long time ago tommy's been calling it yeah, I maybe Errol talk, called this one. I don't know. Um, I didn't feel like. I don't think our offensive line played a great game. It's a little bit concerning. Tommy was running for his life. I think he did fine. He made a terrible read on the first play of the game. He he just didn't see the guy. We had a yeah. play scripted, and they it almost seemed like that that uh that linebacker knew what we had scripted was going to sit down on that slant on that short slant, and he did. And Tommy just didn't see him. Yeah, you could tell Tommy didn't see him just by – he looked up at the Jumbotron trying to figure out where the heck that dude came from. Yeah. It was uh, difficult to say the least. We did get – um. other than that, I think he did pretty well. He scrambled well. He ran the ball well. Uh, yeah. ran, that, that was the only way we could really hurt him was the quarterback run. They kind of swallowed up Kylan. People are keyed in on him and they're going to understand that they're going to have to make the quarterback beat you, which Tommy Stevens proved he can do a little bit with his feet as well as his, as well as his arm. I think it's a good two-dimensional offense that we've got running when we can get things going and trying to get our feet feet up under us. We've said it time and time again <clears throat> the last two or three weeks, this season comes down to the Egg Bowl. All right, mm-hmm. I fully expect to win this week. Um, with Kylan a little bit banged up, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play. Uh which puts his uh, SEC leading rushing yards in jeopardy, leading the league in rushing yards, uh, that that potential in jeopardy. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying he won't dress out at all or won't play at all. He might not. I don't think he should. But if he does, it might be limited. I think Edwards Elayer passed him too. So, Did he? Yeah. Edwards Elayer? Yeah. I thought we were worried about Swift and Boyd. Let's see. I don't know. We'll uh... – we can discuss that later. We will. We'll discuss that later. Um, but like we said, it comes down to the Egg Bowl this year, guys, and as sad as that is, and I'm tired of seasons like that. You know, we've had seasons. Where we, we got we got over that in the, in the pre-2010, didn't we, where it just came down to the Egg Bowl between yeah. for both programs. It's done that. It's been like that for both programs for a long time. And then we, we got 2014 and after comes around, and we're – both teams are competing for bigger and better things, and now here we are. You know, Ole Miss has been there for a few years, and now here we are back this year. That's all we're after. And it's just a little bit disheartening. But 
doesn't mean, you know, at this point we're mailing in for the, there's always next year. But that doesn't mean that we can't go out there and get a win over our arch rivals this year. I still think yeah. we can. We'll talk about that game when it comes closer to time. They are – this is not going to be – on paper, this does not look like the runaway it's going to be. <clears throat> the last two years we went to Oxford, and the last three years it should have been, if not for a, a low hit on Nick Fitzgerald's leg in the 2017 Egg Bowl. I still maintain that if Dan Mullen was coaching that game – actually coaching, and if Nick Fitzgerald hadn't been hurt, that we would have won that game by at least four touchdowns. Yeah. I had – there was no doubt in my mind, but it's neither here nor there. So, anyway, like I said, long story short for this game this weekend, offense was kind of poor. I know some people were freaking out and complaining. I'm like, guys, that's – I wasn't just – coming off a loss, you knew Alabama was not going to be taking any prisoners on defense. Nick Saban's a defensive coach. They they did what they had to do. We just never – it all started up front and up front. We were just under over under under overpowered and undermanned up front. So, that's all, that's all it really came down to. We weren't expecting to win. We didn't get beat by 40. You know, we're not – I'm not just broken. I'm, I'm broken hard about the loss because it's a loss. I'm not broken about how we lost like some people are. Some people yeah. think it was a poor showing. I don't think it was any poorer than if we had, you know. I'm not. I'm not criticizing everybody's effort about that game. I think we did fine. Definitely not criticizing the coach after that loss. That didn't have anything to do with him. Uh, for whom the cowbell tolls is—is is that still? Are our friend or our friends still running for that account on yeah. Twitter? Yeah. Somebody goes, "Oh, you had two weeks to prepare. All we wanted was a good showing." And you, I was like, "We lost to them by less than most teams are this year." Yeah. What are what's what's our problem here? Guys? I, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. You didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. Moving on to some more happier things, though. Men's basketball played last night, probably their best game of the year, and they didn't shoot well. We didn't shoot well at all. We defended well. We defended well. We defended very well. Um, I think in the second half, I don't think they, I don't think they had double digit field goals in the second half. In fact, I know they didn't. Um, did the University of New Orleans. Of course, we're expected to win the University of New Orleans. They were a one-win team at the time, and they still are. So now a three-loss But some things that I re- was really impressive to me, we didn't – we showed that we can, like I said, have people moving around, have the ball moving around, get some stuff going, and still play very well. Without just, you know, not everybody's running around stagnant like I was complaining about the first two games. But even when we weren't just running a lot of sets, we can kind of just use our, our, our guys' strengths to, to figure something out for themselves, you know, to get some – to create some – create some, some opportunities for scoring, for whether for, for scoring or for good defensive opportunities, just based on guys' individual talents. And it's kind of a good mix of both. Of course, you obviously prefer to move the ball around like the San Antonio Spurs and to just, you know, pour it on them just by passing all, passing over around and through them and just having 40 assists on the night. But we showed that basketball is not always going to be like that, and we showed that we can be at least a little bit successful mixing in both the kind of the iso ball, which doesn't need to be the focus of our game, kind of needs to just be a certain type of situation kind of deal. Um, but we showed that we, showed we can kind of do both in this game. I liked how – 
Robert Woodard, guys, I got to just tell you all about my man, Robert Woodard. Kind of had his, you know, welcome to college basketball moment. You know, we've known he's been – he's really good. We know he's athletic. We don't know if he's a, a two or a three, maybe a four. He's a, a little bit short for a four, but a little bit too muscular for a two, you know. So, he's kind of right there at that three spot. But he's powerful like a forward and kind of is handling the ball and shooting like a guard. He shot – he shot yesterday, oh, well yesterday from three. was two for three from three. Had 21 points and 16 rebounds, as well as four assists. Which is just outstanding. Did you get to watch the whole game? No, I did not. He, uh, so if I'm sitting here monologuing, that's just, that's why, guys. Uh, Robert Woodard looks really, really good. And I've been talking about how we're not going to, we're going to be struggling to get a lot of offense with only one shooter on the on the court, well, and that being Tyson Carter, Iverson Molinar is shooting pretty well. Iverson Molinar um, has got getting to getting to the paint and kind of hitting these float these floaters and these running jump shots that are going down for him that are also going to spread out the floor. You've got uh, DJ Stewart is shooting all right. He was six for ten yesterday. Made it, did make a three. And like I said, Robert Woodard, whose three-point shot was his weak, his free throw shooting and three-point shooting was his weakness to me last year. He's gotten a lot better, you can tell. And it's not going to be he like he's still not definitely not going to be a Tyson Carter level shooter, and not you know he's not going to be like these like Tremont Waters LSU last year that was just pouring down threes or anything like that. But he's he's keeping defense defenders honest and keeping them having to they're going to have to guard him all across the court, you know, out in front of the three-point line, the top of the key, in the corners, and inside, which opens things up for Reggie Perry, who also had a good game yesterday. Reggie Perry had was one rebound away from a double-double. with 14, He had 14 and nine, 14 points and nine rebounds, and four assists. I, I think they missed a couple of his assists. I yeah. swear he had five. Well, from what I saw of the game, I watched the first half, and I thought he had, like, at least four then. I, I don't know. He he he's a very good passing big man. He he knows what he's supposed to do with the ball, uh, when it's in his hands for sure. So, I like what I I like what I saw from everybody. Abdullah Do did not attempt a field goal last night, and played twenty six minutes. Wow. You know how many? <laughs> Let's see. Had two assists, two rebounds, two steals, and two fouls. But he's still, I think, probably the best defender we have. Wow. And I'm glad he's out there. I'm just kind of looking at these stats. Um, Keyshawn Fizel, he's also showing that he can kind of help spread out the floor a little bit. He's giving us good minutes. He fouls a lot. But if you, you got sometimes you got to send in a center to get it, go in there and get you three or four fouls and just get him out. Just to give your guys a little bit of relief. He played 15 minutes, was three or four from the field, including a three, made both his free throws. He is the only player, other than him and Iverson Molinar, were the only players to make all the free throws yesterday. Um, free throw shooting is still not great. We went 15 for 24 yesterday from the stripe. And that's going to have to get a little bit, little bit better, and I think it will, because um, that can't come out to hurt us. We lost two games last year, I know for a fact. We lost at Alabama for sure, only because of free throws. I think we shot about 50% from free throws, went to the line about, 15 times against Alabama last year and lost by four. So you can't, that, that, that can't come back to hurt us. Yep. One thing I have noticed last two games is some of these guys have been a lot, these teams have been a lot smaller. 
Um, now, UL Monroe was actually pretty big, but they could not – they were not athletic enough to guard Reggie Perry, even Abdullah Du, and uh, Robert Woodard. And so, because they, these guys, these bigger guys, have been getting more touches and more of the offense, Tyson Carter has not had a lot, enough t- a lot of chances to score a lot. He did have nine points yesterday. Did not shoot well, though. He was one for eight from three, which is not like him. We know that will get fixed. If you win by if you win by more than twenty points, and Tyson Carter goes one for eight for three, that's pretty good. Yeah. Five for twenty from three as a team. If we can get we can t- get that number up a little bit, it's going to be a tough out. We're going to be a tough out and a tough team for a lot of people. Again, everything that we say about this basketball team and that we see about this basketball team takes a grain of salt for these non conference. It's taken with a grain of salt for these non conference games because Nick's not back. Cute can handle the ball. Is super athletic, gets bounds as a guard. We're gonna, we really miss him on the court right now, but we're holding our own with without him. So, moving on to the women's side of things, of course, team still ranked number ten, which I still think is underrated. As yep. of today, that ranking came out today. They play Troy tonight on the SEC Network Plus. Everybody get on your app at 7 o'clock and watch those girls play. They deserve it. I'm going to be there. This is actually my first women's game to attend in person. I have a – I'm on student association, and I'm the co-director of athletic affairs, which means, I, of course, I have a co-director that I'm partnered up with. And one of us will has to be at every game we've decided. We will be at every game. And one of us has been at every game, but I haven't gotten to go to a women's game yet. I've been to all the men's games. That's kind of how we're dividing things up. But tonight I'm going. Very excited because I love the women's team. I have a couple of friends on there. Um, uh, Andre Espinosa Hunter and I have uh, have a class together, and um, all the girls that were there three years and since, since three years ago, I know from back my time as a manager. So of course I love that team. Friday night, Mississippi State scored 124 points against Murray State. That's pretty okay. I think I think that's pretty good, Gavin. Would you say? <laughs> yeah. Let me put it a different way. Friday night, Mississippi State won by 81 points. I think that's pretty all right. Yeah, Vic wasn't satisfied, though. Vic was not. <laughs> that's the thing. Vic was not satisfied. <laughs> Mississippi State won by enough – the margin of victory – would have been a lot of points to score in a game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's how many points we had. Oh my goodness, that's insane. That's insane. We literally, I'm pulling them up right now. Goodness. One, two, three, four. Had five, six players in double figures. Andre Espinosa Hunter had 11. Promise Taylor had 10. Five for, on five or six two shooting. Yamaya Morris. Had 14 on six of seven shooting. Chloe Bibby had five. Jessica Carter had 25. Rakia Jackson had 16. Jordan Danbury had five. And Maya Taylor had 11 on five of six shooting. As a team, we shot over 50%, shot 40% from three, doing all the things we're supposed to do. And we absolutely just blew them away. Like we had three players off the bench scoring double figures, three starters scoring double figures. Our bench scored well, sixty-two. Say so what? Our total bench scored sixty-two. Our bench scored exactly half of our points. That's crazy. 
<laughs> our bench scored 62. This score, they scored 39 last game. We were thrilled about that. Our bench scored 62 points. Elijah Matharu had nine. Jemiah Mingo Young had nine. Uh, Jemiah Hemingway had seven. And that's this with a poor shooting night from some of your uh, best players. Chloe Bibby and Jordan Danbury, she shot 40%, which she usually shoots about 80%. So that's bad for – that's for her. For most people, that's a decent night, but for her, it's not great. You had 10 points from Bibby and, and Jordan Danbury, who are probably your two best offensive players. That's not true. Jessica Carter's got to be your best offensive player at this point, I think. Yeah. But two of your three best best scorers – and we still scored 124 points. I don't, guys. You could you could be playing on air for 40 minutes and not score 124 points. I mean, that's a little bit of exa- <laughs> an exaggeration, but like, that's a lot. That that means for you to be able to score that many, you're forcing, you're getting turnovers. Okay, you're getting the ball back all the time. You're shooting at a high percentage, and not an extreme. It's not like we shot 70 percent or anything. We shot 50, which is great, but not just ungodly okay we turned them over 34 times and that's what that's our our defense is still kind of struggling it's not where Vic wants it to be we turn them over 34 times now I know it's Murray State I understand that and I know it's at home I understand that we turned them over 34 times draw 26 fouls and on not a not a absolutely Amazing shooting night, score 124 points, where two of your starters scored in single digits. Scored less than less than scored five points apiece. Two of your best players. Yeah. Where your bench I mean, scored sixty two points. I you can't say given, anything else. You so could have given Murray State John Morant back and they still wouldn't have been able to beat us. <laughs> Probably so. I think we would have won that game if John Morant was played. We've got we've got four players in our team taller than John Morant. Which is funny on the women's team. That's actually really funny. And now I think about it, at least four. And Zaria Wiggins and uh, Rakia Jackson might be the same height. That's hilarious to me. I don't know. Jaw's an animal. So he might have been able to drop 80. He might have been. He is an animal. And I know you're from the Memphis area, so you're thrilled about Jaw. I'm wearing my Jaw t shirt right now. Jaw t shirt. She heard, yeah. heard, heard he named his daughter pregame. Yeah. Uh, they had a tweet. Ja was like, Ja holding his daughter pregame. Like, <laughs> he was before the game, and he's holding his daughter. And somebody goes, why did he name his daughter pregame? Like, Jeff, I did. I saw just, that. It was kind of funny. Anyway. Yeah. For those of y'all that don't know, Ja Morant, second overall pick in the NBA draft, out of Murray State. Uh, as a 12 seed, Murray State upset their five seed uh, matchup this year. Uh, That's right, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, dude was a walking like almost a triple double. He's he he'll, he'll score thirty and have twelve assists easy in college. I watched who was I watching him play the other day? I was watching the Mike Conley's return game. Uh, yeah. the, I watched him play Utah. He was doing great. Yeah, Jaw Jaw's an animal. I'm He's excited good. to see what him and Jerry can do. They're going to be real good. Now, I'm, am I trying to watch Memphis basketball a lot? No, I'm not tr- watching a lot of NBA basketball right now at all because my favorite player is out and my favorite team is awful so it is what it is i'm just happy we were getting some youth in memphis i'm about to get media passes apparently you're about to what get media passes to memphis yeah the memphis grizzlies will give you media passes and mississippi state university won't give us passes yep 
What's our problem? I don't know. That's ridiculous. You hate to see it, guys. You hate to see it. Another thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, a couple things, a couple things. We're going to get on our soapbox a little bit. Oh, by, the way, um, by the way, Kylan is the leading rusher by 35 yards. Beating leading Swiss. rusher by 35 yards. So hopefully he'll get about 100 yards in the first quarter and then we can sit him out this game. Yeah. Everybody, I don't know no, who Georgia anybody plays. have a bye week, right? There's no bye weeks left for uh, any SEC teams. John Rice has a bye week. John Rice Plumley? Yeah. He's not gonna he's not close, is he? Yeah, he's like he's only like eighty yards behind Kylan. Okay, well if he has a bye week then he doesn't that means he's not gonna get to catch him. Yeah. That means he's played one more game than Kylan. Yeah. Okay. Just if anybody if if I was saying if somebody if DeAndre Swift or Rakeem Boyd who had a bye week this week or uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I know doesn't have a bye week, if they all had one, then they definitely wouldn't catch him. Right. But uh, anyway, that being said, we're going – Yeah, thank you for that, Gavin. We are going to get on our soapbox a little bit. Guys, Rain, Dakota, Prescott, whose jersey I am wearing as we speak, is a bad man. Yep. I actually have his stats from his last 16 games pulled up right in front of me right now. Read them out, Gavin. All right. We have a 70% completion percentage. 4,000. Yeah. 4,968 yards. Which leads the league. 8.5 yards per average. Which leads the league. 37 total touchdowns, 32 passing, and 5 rushing. Um, Which does not lead the league because Patrick Mahomes exists. Yeah. 12 interceptions. Which that's not great. That's not ideal for your last sixteen. Um, one hundred four point eight passer rating, which leads the league. Yep, and then an eleven and five record, which we should be a lot better. Yeah, he should be at least thirteen still, and three. Eleven and five still wins your division nine seasons out of ten. Yeah, he should should be thirteen and three, but uh, his defense is awful. His O line's hurt, and his head coach is an idiot. Head coach is bad. Defense is a big question mark. They have all the pieces to be good except maybe safety, and they're not. So they've got two amazing pass rushers, three amazing linebackers, two two or three adequate corners, and like a C-plus safety that's been hurt, and then we're getting shredded. So Byron Jones is definitely an elite DB, and I don't know what's Byron Jones is good. I like Anthony Brown. Chidobe Awuzie is – I'm not, I'm not high on him. I'm high I on think, Jordan Lewis, though. Yeah, Jordan Lewis backup. is better than Cheeto. I think so, too. Chidobia Wuzay gets us in trouble a lot. Yeah. Spits a lot of penalties. Hadn't, hadn't heard his name called in the last couple weeks. And if a cornerback's name doesn't get called, that's usually a good thing. You know, you don't want yeah. them to be getting picked on now unless they make an interception or something. And by the way, another guy that had a great game yesterday and should have picked off Dak twice was Darius Slay. So, yeah. If anybody's going to pick off Dak, at least it would have been Darius, but he didn't. I so, thought uh, I thought Dak was going to run him over yesterday. He almost did. Yeah, he instead Slay kind of like got out the way and let somebody else handle it. Slay knew what was up. Slay's been hurt too. That was <laughs> yeah. a business decision. Yeah. But anyway, that being said, Dak Prescott. I don't know anybody who doesn't have him in his top three for MVP voting. And if Lamar Jackson didn't exist, he'd probably be number one. 
And, of course, Russell Wilson is still out there doing what he does. By virtue of record, I, those two guys probably have the edge on him right now, but there's still a lot of football left to play. But, guys, 444 – a casual, a cool, calm, and collected 444 yards yesterday. Three touchdowns, Without a mark no Cooper, interceptions basically. at Detroit, who does have the best cornerback in the league. At me if you want to about that. Uh, there's – it's almost sad that they're 6-4. and four. Like, there's Jason, – Jason Garrett or Kellen Moore or, or whoever cost Dak a chance to go for the win – last week against Minnesota. And it's one of the biggest tragedies of the season because Dak was absolutely on fire. And on third and fourth down, they called two run plays for a running back that did not have 50 yards that game. And I love Zeke. That's not hating on Zeke. Zeke is awesome. Nope. Tony Pollard's better. You think so? He's playing better this year. Tony Pollard needs more touches, but I don't – I think – there's a reason, you know, Tony's on Pollard's on the field. Everybody kind of backs up. Yeah, unless, Tony, unless... Tony Pollard can take the top off. Zeke oh yeah. Okay. Um, and yesterday Tony Pollard was dead to rights on a tackle on a cross on a short crossing route, and then he shook the guy and went and skirted into the end zone all, all out of nowhere. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I was like, oh good, first down, and then <laughs> okay. okay. Is that how you feel? Anyway. And then as I'm bashing Zeke with one of my friends, I, I just see a screen pass for a touchdown that was should not have been a touchdown. Exactly. Which the blocking Zeke. the blocking was great on that play though. It was, and uh, almost had a block in the back, but um, went and put his hands up at right at the right time. Yeah. Zeke Zeke helped Dak out on that play, which of course, if you go back and look, somebody said, "Oh, that was a low throw." Dak lowers his arm, throws it about three-quarter arm, not even three-quarter arm, like, like almost submarine, flips it to Zeke. And if you look at the, the pass rusher, he's got his arms outstretched to bat, to, to bat the ball. His, he was literally a fingertip's breadth away from the ball with his, <laughs> with his gloved hand trying to knock it down. If Zach had thrown it normally, that, that literally threw it to the only place he could have thrown it, yeah. to where Zeke still had a chance to catch it, and this defender couldn't uh, get a hand on it. It was beautiful. And I was like, first I was like, oh, that's a bad throw that Zeke made the best of. It was a perfect throw. It looked like a bad throw, but you turn around and look, Dak saw that this guy was going to get a hand on it, so he flipped it. He had to get it out away from him, and Zeke had to make an effort to catch it, but he wasn't. it was going to be slapped slap right back into the turf if he threw it any better to Zeke, yeah. threw it closer to Zeke's body. And that jump ball on the sideline that Dak threw to Cooper, I thought that was a bad throw, but he put that one right where it needed to be too. Is that the one that, Darius, that went through Darius Slay's hands? Yeah, it was like right over his hand. Yeah, that's Darius Slay thought he had two interceptions yesterday and had zero. Yeah. Now, I thought it wasn't a bad throw. Just Slay was all over Amari. Amari, here's another thing, guys. 444 yards. All right. Three touchdowns. As a runner, Zeke didn't do anything. Amari Cooper didn't do anything. Dak threw, threw double digit passes to multiple receivers, or, uh, excuse me, double digit pass attempts to multiple different receivers, had several receivers, had more than five catches that weren't named Amari Cooper. It was – it was it, – it's Dak's team. Dak's tearing everybody up. It's not Zeke. It's not, you know, these great receivers that he's got because he's got – I mean, I love Randall uh, Cobb. Randall Cobb dropped two surefire first downs for about <laughs> 50 yards total yesterday. 
didn't he? I mean, he, he dropped a screen pass, a beautiful yeah, little screen pass. But he, could have, he could have caught and run for about 15 yards, and then he dropped about a 30-yard bomb in the fourth quarter Yeah, on the corner route. Gallup is an absolute animal, though. Say what? I said Gallup is an absolute animal. Gallup is an animal. And Gallup, Gallup would be a wide receiver one for a lot of teams in a couple of years. Probably everybody. He, he'll be a top five receiver in two years. Yeah. I can almost guarantee what, that. I said, I said top ten, but, yeah, he could be top five. I think – and the coolest part about Gallup's game yesterday, Gallup had a career game yesterday, nine yards, or nine catches, 148 yards. And the best part about it is that he lost his brother yesterday one year ago. Really? Yeah. I did not know so, that. Yep. So it was his That's brother's – it was one year since he lost his brother and he had the best game of his career. That's awesome. Yep. Last thing we are going to talk about. I'm springing this on Gavin a little bit. I'm only going to talk about it for a little bit. This weird Colin Kaepernick thing, like, I guess we should talk about it. Either that yeah, or the Miles Garrett thing. And that Miles Garrett thing's done to death. I'm done talking about that. Yeah. We should have talked about that last show because we had time to. We didn't. But just kind of like keeping all day to the news of the day. You know, however you feel about him or whatever, Stephen A. Smith said the same thing. And Stephen A. Smith is and, – and him and I disagree about as often as anybody two people can. And that's how you know that this is a pretty sound opinion that we both agree here. He is much more concerned with making a statement and doing what what gets his name in lights and stuff and making a starting a movement than trying to play football, which is what he claims he wants to do. Yep. I just I, I'm I'm not I don't have a too much opinion about it, but if y'all know, I'm gonna tell y'all what happened. So on Tuesday, you know, Colin Kaepernick is supposed to have a workout on Saturday, Atlanta's Falcons facility. Twenty five teams are going to be there. Every single team is going to get game film that's professionally filmed by the NFL. Every team's going to get a, a video of his interview. And 25 of them are going to be there to witness it firsthand anyway. He's – this goes – all he has to do is show up and he's going to get a job somewhere. Everybody's saying, oh, yeah, because they know he can ball. So, he's going to he's going to get a job. It's going to be fine. Tuesday, he's asked to sign a waiver that pretty much says if you don't get hired, you can't sue the NFL. And every single free agent pretty much usually signs a waiver like that if they're going to go to a workout – because we can't just have everybody getting sued by, for discrimination when your hiring is a subjective thing. Do you fit? Are you good enough to at this? Do you fit with this team? Do you feel the need? It's not like, oh, you fit these qualifications, we're going to hire you. It's, it's a lot of subjective subjectivity to hiring free agents, okay? It's a job interview just like you and I would have to go to a job interview, and it's except it's about your body. You know, it's about your athletic prowess, not about what you can say and do and check these boxes, right? Okay. So he apparently took issue with a waiver, but didn't tell anybody that he, t- that he took issue with a waiver until t- 30 minutes before the workout was supposed to happen, at which point he told the NFL that he was moving the workout 50 miles away to a high school, videoing it himself, not going to let the NFL video it. Only about half a dozen scouts got to made the trip out there to even see it. And when he got there, there was about 40 kids that he was throwing to all wearing his merchandise and his shirts so he's obviously this is planned out and it's clear to me that if he's planned all that out a he should have told everybody ahead of time if he was going to take issue with NFL. he doesn't trust the nfl which i understand why he doesn't trust the nfl a lot of people don't trust the nfl and i understand why he doesn't but it's clear that he doesn't care about playing football at this point he wants to make a statement and make a show 
which if you want to make a statement and stuff, that's fine. But quit acting like you're out here to try to get a job and play football. You're trying to make everybody think that you're not getting a job because of X, Y, and Z when you obviously don't want it at this point. You want and to don't, do your thing without getting, you know, football be damned, you know. And don't complain when you don't get a job because that's obviously not your goal. It, yes, he's not going to be able to complain when he doesn't get a job. And he's not going to at this point. I mean, he, he – and here's the thing. He had it. He, the dude, yeah, apparently had a football. great workout. I heard he did too. I mean, he he would have he would have been he would have been within two weeks would have been on a roster somewhere. Y'all know some teams that need some quarterbacks. If the not Bears. for Brandon Allen from <laughs> Arkansas with his seven and a half inch hands, um, that's a, if you know you know kind of thing, kind of playing pretty good in Denver. Denver would be knocking on his door for sure. Yeah, the Jets not sure what they're doing. The Falcons, Maddie uh, Maddie Ice is getting old. The Dolphins are right now or have benched Josh Rosen for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 36. My Titans. The Titans are starting uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett is banged up, and they're having to play with Brian Hoyer in Indianapolis off and on. You know, he played yesterday, played good, did Jacoby Brissett. The Buccaneers. But he's been banged up, and he's liable to get that way again. Buccaneers, Steelers, Bengals. Buccaneers, Steelers, Bengals are all playing with either backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks that don't need to have a job. Jameis Winston does not need to have a job. Uh, Washington has starting starting a rookie that they're not that they're kind of not sure about. I think he's doing a little bit better. I'm not watching a lot of Redskins games. Sorry, Montez Sweat. <laughs> it's it's he he would have gotten somebody. <laughs> I don't know, man. Not to mention backup quarterbacks. Like everybody needs a good backup. You know, yeah. he could back up. Tom. I'm telling you what, New England's about to get start. Have to looking at a new quarterback. I don't think they'll get Colin Kaepernick. Oh, Brady looked. Brady looked he, rough yesterday. Huh? I said Brady looked rough yesterday. Every quarterback in that game would have looked rough, but he did look rough. He could have done a lot better. Uh, now I do. I will say that it was windy and playing uh, a good against a good defense. But huh? I hate Carson Wentz, and I think Wentz outplayed him. I hate Carson Wentz. I think they both played pretty bad. Wentz was completed 50% of his passes. They both were awful. No. As quarterbacks, which most quarterbacks wouldn't have done great, except for Dak. Dak would have, Dak would have went for 400. I mean, Dak already went for, what, 240 on him one time this year, and he only threw like 25 passes. Dak, uh, Dak played a game last year where he had three interceptions, and it was still probably a better game than Carson Wentz has ever had. He did that against Green Bay this year. Yep. It happens, guys. All right. That's all we got for today. We're off our soapboxes, stepping down, back onto the floor where we belong. You got anything left for us, Gavin? Uh, Dak for MVP. Dak for MVP. I'll I tell you all what. Lamar Jackson chills out over the next few weeks, and it's Dak. It's, it's there for him. All right? It's there for him. Russell has to, too. Huh? Russell's going to have to chill out a little bit too. I think if our rec- if our record is equal or better than Russell's at the end of the year, which I'm not saying they're ahead of us right now, so that's not a done deal by any means. I think he would get it over Russell. Poor Russell has to play, and and it hurts. You know, Russell has to play over there in Seattle, which is a big market team, a big name team. But there's a reason that none, no, nobody that's listening to the show has seen a 49ers game, and they're the and they're the best team by virtue of record in the NFL. And none of y'all yeah. have seen a 49ers game. There's a reason for that. Same thing with Seattle. Dallas is Dallas. If Dallas – if Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are comparable, Dak should get it for that reason. 
Because Russell Wilson's not playing with scrubs out there either. He's got a good team built around him. He's doing things that nobody else could do. I feel like so is Dak. But that's neither here nor there. I have one more Cowboys stat. All right. Dak is averaging 308.6 yards per game this year. Which is more more than than any other Dallas quarterback ever. Yep. And Troy Aikman has quoted this stat and says, Troy Aikman, guys. The biggest Dak hater known to man. He says, pay the man. Pay the man. I've tweeted pay the man, I think, every week, last six weeks. (laughs) Um, I I think I actually found out a couple weeks ago that it still makes me mad because he shouldn't be doing it. A couple weeks ago, a long time ago, that Troy and Dak are actually really good buddies. And I think Troy is overcompensating to try to seem like he's not a big fan of Dak's to to where it sounds like he hates him. But he needs to stop that, too. Like, quit. You sound like you hate him and it's annoying. Quit it. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when he's not calling the games. All right. That's all we've got for today, though. We've kind of kept y'all longer than we planned, but we talked about some good stuff. Talked about some good stuff. Y'all can all hear what's going on. We got on a soapbox yeah. a little bit. All right. You know, freedom of expression. All that's good stuff. We will see y'all later. Best of luck to whatever you've got going on. Tell your friends about the show if you like it. Please. Wouldn't that, I mean, like, how, what, what other, you got all these big time name, you know, high fluting guys that, are, that we like, that I am, am, admire doing these shows that you probably listen to and they're like, blah, 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 blah. I think me and Gavin and I have a unique perspective. This time of year, there's not a ton of just news going on. And the thing about just breaking news is Gavin and I are going to have it first or we're not going to have it at all. Right. That's where the trend's really gone. Yeah. And that's high risk, high reward. But that being said, well, there's not a lot of news going going around. All we're doing is talking about stuff from a very unique perspective as far as you can when you consider how the who the other guys doing other shows are. We've got another thing, another way you might get a unique perspective coming up soon. Hopefully, that's all we're going to say about that, that we also hope y'all will enjoy. But until then, you know, share it with people. Let, let, let the world know. As always, though, praise the Lord and go dogs and hail state. Hail state.